You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Welcome back to the show this morning, 633. So just for the break, we were talking just a little bit about uh, Joe Biden saying, hey, you know what? We're not going to increase taxes on those below 400000 Of course, it never really works out that way. You know, costs get passed down. We'd written an article yesterday talking about $15 hour minimum wage, which is another kind of the mandate of this package. And, and again, you know, I want to be really clear about something here is that, A, first of all, I'm not against people getting paid more. Um, that's great. You know, and, and again, just a very small percentage of the overall working population, 1.9 million Americans actually make minimum wage. Majority of those individuals between the ages of 16 and 25, right? Starter positions, which is what you would expect. These are not meant to be. And this is and this is the, the you know, kind of this media narrative of the left, which is that, well, it's got to be a living wage. no. Minimum wage jobs are not supposed to be careers. If you're in a minimum wage job as a career, it's not the job that's the problem. It's the you that's the problem, right? And so we need to start thinking about how we can improve ourselves to get out of a minimum wage job and move ourselves up, right? Um, That's the point of minimum wage. It's, It's to establish a base level for somebody to start at. Now, other countries in the world don't have minimum wages, right? And this is why we have outsourced jobs to other countries for decades now, because as we increase that cost of minimum wage, U.S. manufacturers and producers say, "Mm, you know, by the time I pay wages, health care costs, benefits, blah, 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 I've got to embed those costs somewhere. And if I can't increase the cost of my product, to compensate for that higher wage, I've got to outsource to somewhere else, which is why we've been outsourcing jobs to both technology as well as to the lowest wage cost producer of other countries for several decades now. So it's not always apparent that we're doing this, right? This, it's, it's the slow transition of economics that occurs. And so you know, one of the one of the mistakes that people make is they they take isolated examples. There was a company in Seattle. The CEO said, I'm going to hike everybody to twenty dollars an hour uh, minimum and I'm going to reduce my salary. And nothing happened to his company. It was great. Everybody was happy. It's a very isolated case. Um, My partners and I, we could do that with our business. We could hike everybody up to making more money and it would have no impact economically because, A, we're a very small company. And B, we don't, we don't manufacture anything. We provide a service. So either we have to charge our customers more or we just have less profit. But it's not going to impact the overall economy because it's a very small, isolated case. So it's the mistake that people make is trying to take these isolated one-offs and saying, okay, it, the, somebody tried it over here and it didn't impact the world, right? That's not the case. It's when you do a sweeping change, a mandated change across the entire economy that the economic impact becomes much more apparent. As an example, I said this, I said this just for the break, the difference between Kentucky and California. The minimum wage in Kentucky is $7.25 an hour. Just using, and again, we talked about food costs because food costs make up a big chunk of people's 
daily spending habits, food costs, gasoline, et cetera. You know, the things we strip out of inflation are things to spend money on every day. I mean, your house payment's fixed. If you have a mortgage, your mortgage doesn't change from week to week or month to month. It's the same payment. Um, you know, if your, you know, your uh, car note, it's fixed. Once you buy the car, your car note's fixed every month. It doesn't change from one week to one month. So as long as you're living in your budget and you've got your budget structured accordingly, then these things don't have a big impact on your income. Things that do have an impact on the amount of income that you have are things like food, energy, transportation, taxes, blah, 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 right? So, you know, Uber cars, if you're taking Ubers, whatever. Those costs vary based on the economy and have a direct impact on your lifestyle and what's going on and whether or not you're breaking even at the end of the month or not. So... Seven twenty-five in Kentucky is minimum wage. A gallon of milk is a dollar eighty-nine. Loaf of bread is a dollar seventy-one. Dozen eggs, dollar seventy-three. California, the minimum wage is double that of Kentucky. Fourteen dollars uh, an hour. A gallon of milk in California is three eighty. Loaf of bread is three thirty-four. Dozen eggs is three forty-five. Almost exactly double the cost of the same food items. In Kentucky. Now, does it cost more to produce milk in California than it does in Kentucky? In, in fact, I would argue to say that probably the milk in California and the milk in Kentucky come from the same source. Loaf of bread comes from probably the same source, right? Dozen eggs, same chicken. It's a very healthy chicken. <laughs> <laughs> prolific. <laughs> very prolific chicken. That chicken's working overtime. That chicken deserves more than minimum wage. That's what I... (laughs) (laughs) The point is, is that the difference between California and Kentucky is those higher costs are embedded in the food costs that people pay because it's got to be made up somewhere. And so this is the impact of making these sweeping changes. Yes, as a company... Costco raised minimum wages. Walmart, as a good example, raised minimum wages. Then they turned right around and laid off a bunch of people to compensate for the higher wage costs. And that's okay. See, companies can do that. A company can make that decision. That's capitalism. If a company chooses to do that, to retain workers, to make workers happy or whatever it is, that's their choice. And they have a choice at that point. They can either lay off some workers. They can automate some of their activities. They can raise their prices and what they sell. But the problem is if I'm – let's just say, for instance, I'm Walmart and Brent is Costco. We kind of compete in the same space. Actually, that's not even a good example. I'm Walmart and Brent is Target. That's better, right, because this is now kind of head-to-head competition. So I raise my minimum wages. By the way, Target did too, but – Let's say in this case, I raise my minimum wages, but Brent doesn't. He's a cruel, cold-hearted son of a gun. I am heartless. He is heartless. So he doesn't raise his wages, but I do. So I have a choice. I can raise the cost of my products across my store. But now shoppers come in. They go, hmm, things are more expensive at Walmart than they are at Target. So where am I going to go shop? I'll go shop to Target because basically wherever I can find a Walmart, Target's close by. (laughs) They tend to like line up right with each other. So I'll go shop at Target rather than Walmart because costs are cheaper. So as Walmart, I have a choice. I can either either raise my prices or I can cut labor and automate 
other areas, but keep my prices the same so I can compete on a price basis with Target, which is what they do. So the point about all this is, is that, you know, it's, an, it's a great idea when we talk about raising wages. But here's the problem with raising wages. We raise wages. The people that we hurt the most are the people we're trying to help. Right. We're trying to help the poor. Right. That's the whole point of this. We want to get these people out of poverty and into society and, and being more productive. Right. But the, the things we're doing is having the exact opposite effect. It actually makes them poor. It displaces them out of labor. Because I because the jobs that I can automate the easiest are the jobs that low wage pay, paying workers have. Cashiers, clerks, waiters, waiters, servers, right? Those can be replaced. I can just get rid of my waiters and now I just go to a self-serve type buffet style restaurant. Right, I replace a cashier with a kiosk. That's happening, folks. It's happening right now everywhere across the country. And the other problem is we're trying to help these people by giving them more in unemployment benefits, but now they don't want to go to work because they're making more sitting at home. Geraldo Rivera just had a tweet out yesterday. Went to a high-end local mall on Sunday dinner at one of six restaurants, all half empty, accepting no new reservations. Reason. We cannot adequately staff or serve the public with reduced workforce. Nobody's showing up to work. Where are they? On extended unemployment. Problem is, is what happens when extended unemployment runs out. The job they were hoping to get may not be there. Somebody else has taken it or it's been automated away. So the idea of helping people is always generous, right? As Christians, we should always be willing to help others. That is our very basic foundation of a judo-christian society. That's where we that's where we base from, right? We always want to help others, but the, the the important part of trying to help others is also to do it in a way that makes them long-term successful. Teach a man to fish. And he'll be he'll feed himself for a lifetime. That's the very basic essence of our philosophy as a country. And we've shifted that dynamic now to where we're just going to give them fish rather than teaching the fish, which makes them less productive. If we truly want to help the poor, look, in any society, you're always going to have a group of poor people. They don't want to work. They have an inability to work. It's just a function of society and statistics, and there's no way you're ever going to fix it. No matter what you do, you will never solve the problem of the poor. It, is all, it has been a function of society for a billion years. There were rich cavemen, and there were poor cavemen. <laughs> it just is a function of society. But the only way you truly help the poor is to help those that want to lift themselves out of that situation by giving them opportunity to become productive. Training, education, those things, that actually helps the poor much more than just giving them money. Quick break, we'll be right back after the break.
listening to The Real Investment Show. Didn't get enough last Lunch and Learn? We're serving up a second helping at our next free virtual Lunch and Learn with Medicare on the menu. Thursday, May 6th at noon, we'll sink our teeth into the alphabet soup of Medicare, parts A, B, and D. Understanding sign-up periods, benefits, and how to avoid costly permanent late enrollment penalties. It's a second helping edition of our Lunch and Learn on Medicare, Thursday, May 6th. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. No masks required.